Everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcast to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Westchester County, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I'm joined, as always, by the number one jet fan in the state of Texas, my colleague and co-host, none other than Michael Legaris. Everybody, Mike, what's up, man? What's up, Keith? What's up, everybody? What's going on, Mike? Fun week. Fun week. We got you know. Next week, we're going to preview the game. We'll get to all that stuff next week. We're not going to talk about Bills Jets this week, guys. Got a few things to get to. We're going to talk about this Jet Giant game. But the Jets look pretty good. Got a W versus the Giants, two and two in the preseason. We're going to get to all that. All the fun stuff you heard from Aaron Rodgers talking smack to the Giants. We want to talk about all that. That's so much fun. Um, Mike, talk about this fifty-three man roster, which we previewed last week. Mostly got it right. A few little surprises here for us um, in the practice squad as well. The one thing we want to get to, Mike. Just right off the top. And if you guys, you know, if you watch, if you check it on Spotify, guys, or if you saw the image we put out for the show this week, it's all about Aaron Rodgers, Mike, and him living in a dream. And you send me a, you sent me a, a link to an article, an article which, you know, would reference Aaron Rodgers speaking to reporters. And I guess when he was finished speaking to them, they kind of asked him about his experience in New York. Mike, it kind of seemed like one of those questions in the moments like a throwaway question from a reporter. Hey, hey, Aaron, what are you thinking about New York? How's everything going? You know, do you like it? Do you like how everything is? You know, it's a trap. It's just like a throwaway question. And he didn't just give a throwaway answer. Mike, he gave an answer that I think was pretty surprising how in-depth it went. And also how happy it seems. And all it shows you also how he's living in the moment. And I don't know if all the Jet fans are listening right now um, or follow the show or tune in or anything like that have heard this, Mike. So I'm just going to read the quote in full, Mike, if you don't mind here. Yeah. This is Aaron Rodgers here. Specifically Aaron Rodgers' quote. He said, I told a friend, this has felt like waking up inside of a dream, this whole experience, a beautiful dream. So many times you have a great dream and you wake up and you think, I just want to get back into that, but I can't get quite back into that dream. I've woken up inside of that dream and it's been really, really special. There's a lot of times I said it before and I'll say it again, where I just look around and say, this is my life. How cool is that? It happens in the locker room. It happens walking out in the fresh air in the sun setting. It happens just thinking what an awesome day it is or a conversation with Makai or Billy Turner and catching up with them, a play that happened that was really fun and we talked about. When I'm driving into the city and you hit that spot before you go into the tunnel and you're looking across the city going, how cool is my life right now? I just try and keep perspective every day here and it's been easy because one thing has happened almost every day that reminds me I'm in the place where I'm supposed to be and I'm really just loving being here and loving what's the op- loving the opportunity that I have. So, Mike, I mean, look, there's been a lot of dominoes that have fallen since we've gotten Aaron Rodgers here with him giving the money back at 35 million, I think it was, Mike. Dalvin Cook coming in, all these positive vibes, his his chemistry with the team, with Garrett Wilson, his the way it seems like he's trying to lead the team. It's all been great. But a quote like this, this is like not a normal thing you hear from an athlete. 
you know, going that deep into their mind to kind of explaining how they're really feeling in the moment. But I think if you're a Jet fan, you just see how happy he is. Just with our past, Mike. With our, our, our negativity attached to our past. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is someone, Mike, that gives a shit about right. any of that. He's right. here now, and he's trying to create a future for the Jets and a new legacy for the Jets now. And he's appreciating every single day. And the future, Not none of, none of the Jets' past matters to him. And I think that quote is just absolutely amazing, Mike. I think it sums up kind of how this uh, love affair with the Jet fans and Rodgers has been so far. We'll see what happens when the season starts. When you hear something like that, Mike, what comes to your mind when you heard Aaron Rodgers say that and how happy he is to be here in New York? I think it's just a new beginning for him. He was living his life in Green Bay, and I think that it just got toxic for him, a place that felt inescapable and where his perspective and his opinions really weren't brought to bear the way he felt they should, the respect that he should have as a, a hall, future Hall of Fame quarterback. I don't think the uh, office uh, over there at Green Bay really respected him and, and levied his, his opinion the way now New York has yeah. really embraced him completely. And I feel like also the people he works with, you know, the players that he's going to play with, the organization that he's in, he's, he, he is home when it comes to that. And so all of that put together with the big city lights and it's just an awesome opportunity for him. And I think he's really, really, really excited because the Jets are, I've heard Brandon uh, Tierney talk about this. It's like you have the, the most desperate organization um, meeting up with an all-time Hall of Famer. And that combination is magical. Yeah. And not only is it magical in that you have this all-time all, all Hall of Famer who's joining this desperate organization, but the desperate organization has weapons and infrastructure and coaching and management to support the Hall of Famer to do something that has may has not been done, you know, in New York since uh, Joe Namath. So it's incredible for him, for us. It's it's just like I said, I feel like I'm living in a dream. I, I could have a bad day at work and just think of the Jets and immediately I'm happy. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of guys, I think a lot of Jet fans feel like it. We saw Matthias, Matthias give us a, a shout out a moment ago. Mike said 12 and 5 for the Jets this year, man. I hope, I hope 12 and 5. That would be tremendous. I think that might get the division done because that would probably get us a few division wins to get to that record. Mike, back to Rodgers though for a second. You know, this... A lot of people have said, oh, remember a lot of uh, non-Jet fans or even some Jet fans that try to be super negative, Mike. They mentioned Brett Favre. And I know you and me have spoken about this. It's not really – It's not really. I, I understand the comparison. Brett Favre, Packers, legend, comes to the Jets. It's odd. It's a strange dichotomy. These things happen, right? But Brett Favre, when he came here that year, Mike, he threw 22 interceptions that season. You know, he had 20 touchdowns, 22 interceptions. A few years prior to that in Green Bay, he threw 30 interceptions. Brett Favre was not ne – I know he I know he played for Minnesota and had a good year after he left the Jets. Don't get me wrong. But Brett Favre wasn't necessarily the top-level version of himself. And I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers from 10 years ago. But Aaron Rodgers is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. And you see that when he plays. And you see that, when, you know, uh, last year and the year before when they maybe didn't have as many weapons and he still was getting the job done there, winning MVPs out there, Mike, uh, in Green Bay. And I think one of the reasons he's so happy and you, you, he has those good vibes is that, like, Paul Hackett, very, he's very close with him. In, in, in real life. That's his coordinator. He's there with him every single day. And on Hard Knocks, I think a lot of people are getting taste of Hackett's personality, which you could see why 
he has good vibes with people. He's a funny guy, a quirky guy. He has a lot of energy. I think he's one of the people, Michael, every single person on that show who's coming off the best. Yeah. Off of how, because none of us, I, I didn't know him personally. I just knew him going to Denver and how it went and didn't go great. And then you hear, you know, Sean Payton try to put him on blast and all that. Then you see his personality on the show. And I think that's a reason Rogers feels great. Cobb is his best friend. Randall Cobb's there with him every day. Um, and you look at the weapons they have on offense and the way the team, like you mentioned, Mike, has tried to cater to them the best they can. And I don't know how you wouldn't do that. You know, I understand the break. I understand what the Patriots, Belichick a lot of times would make it be about the team. It's not about you, Brady, this and that. But, you know, Brady had input, Mike. I mean, there's no way around that. And so the Packers always seem like, like you mentioned, Mike, and it was a great point. The Packers always seem like that wasn't, you know, it was always seemed to be like, the Packers are bigger than Aaron Rodgers, and I get that. I get that being your mantra. But when you have Aaron Rodgers in the building, you have to let him know you're going to draft a quarterback. That's right. You know, you, ha you have to get a guy from in the first or second round every once in a while and get his input. And I think here with the Jets, obviously, with Cobb being here and Mike with um, Alan Lazard being here with some of the other guys we've added, I think his input is valued. And then separately from that, say, Mike, say his input was valued, but the Jets were going to be garbage. Who gives a crap then, right? He would have been like, yeah, you guys value my input to this bad team. This is going to be, hopefully, you know, hopefully, Matthias, 12 and 5. This is supposed to be a good team, Mike. What you saw, and recently in this game versus the Giants, Mike, you know, the Giants did not play their starters, so we, we're not going to go too crazy about it. But, you know, we're getting Aaron Rodgers talking smack um, to Jihad Ward in a second. But you saw kind of the chemistry there with Rodgers and Garrett Wilson already. Yeah. If we're talking about this game, Mike, they had three receptions, 30 yards. It was half a quarter. The first play of the game was that 10-yard reception. They had a um, they had pass interference um, down the field as well, and they had a touchdown pass. Mike, mm -hmm. I don't know why my – I don't know why – oh, there goes – that's my sister right there, Kristen Silva, guys, just so you know. Represent, Chris. I love you. Um, I don't know why – I just it just seemed like, Mike, they're, they're in sync already, and what you saw with that pass and that play – Mike, I want to talk about that play in particular, then we get to the rest of the game. That play, that touchdown pass, was a precision quarterback throwing the ball – to a precision route running wide receiver at the highest level where the def the ball was caught, Mike, and the defensive guy is still trying to play defense. Didn't even know the ball's there. I know. Highest level, Mike. Of uh, execution that close to the goal line, Mike. I just I mean, that's a thing of beauty. And that's what Jeff Ben's been waiting to see for a long time at quarterback, Mike. They've been waiting a long time. And a smart organization, any organization that understands its motor understands its driver that brings its value and aligns with that motor that that driver to to push the value you know is an organization that's going to continue to move in success and so understanding the business of football the quarterback is probably the biggest value driver that you have in any organization and so when you do not align with that person right? And you go ahead and draft and build your team that is not, you're not getting input from the one person or persons that can really push the the, the note card, then you're really being inefficient. And yep. that's how Aaron felt. And now he feels that he is being used the way he needs to be used. I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't, this isn't really the same example, but Nike, you remember the, the movie uh, Air, they yep. bet everything on Mike. Yeah. They knew they said, look, we'll take the hit. You know, we'll we'll put the colors in. We're gonna we're gonna create the sneaker around the player instead of having the player fit into the to the sneakers like Adidas and Converse and yeah. whatnot. And what happened? What happened? Nike they picked the right player and then forget it. Took off, blew up, 
it was an out-of-the-box model, but you got to always align and understand who your most important people are in your organization and let them be part of the decision making. When you think you're bigger, like Keith just said, Green Bay thinks, you know, is bigger than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, understood. But Aaron's the one that's going to get you to where you really want to be. So I think that's really why he loves New York, because he's got a say. He had a say in the 53. He has a say in the whole strategy and structure moving forward. He had a say, you know, and inputs uh, will have inputs in next year's draft. Sure. So that's what you do. And that's awesome. Yeah. And Mike, when we get into this game, Jets, Giants, 32-24-W, uh, the play I mentioned there to Wilson I mean, look, Aaron only threw eight passes. Mike had five completions. Like, I, Mike, did you did you have the same? Did you were you interacting with people in the same way? Which was collectively, I think, Jet fans across the nation were holding their breath, considering what's happened to Sanchez in the preseason, 2013. Um, I don't remember what year it was with Chabuk. I think maybe 2005. Mike, when he got injured for two times versus the Giants, we played them, and our quarterback got knocked out for the season. A little risky putting him in there, but it's what Aaron Rodgers wanted. So I don't think Salah really had a choice. To be honest, I think he wanted to get. I know Aaron wanted to get out there and get a feel for things uh, with the first team. Five passes, eight completions, a touchdown pass to Wilson. He he looked great to me, Mike. I don't even think the passes that were incomplete were even his fault. And that play to Wilson, like I mentioned earlier, Mike, what did you think when you saw that? The timing, the execution, Garrett Wilson catching the ball, defenders even know it's there. Um, that that seemed like a layup. You know, that seemed easy. And that was against the backups of the Giants, too. I'm not trying to hate on the Giants or disparage the G-men, but that should be what they do, Mike, and I think we're going to see a lot of that this year. Yeah, man, I think the biggest takeaway I took was, wow, um, Garrett's being used a lot. I think he threw four uh, out of the times he threw it. It was four out of something, uh, you know, um, the times that he threw the ball that game, he was really yeah, hitting hard. He completion for 30 yards were to Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. In the game. Yeah. So, so he only had five completions. So. I think he's going to be heavily used. And yeah. um, I looked at Will that game. What I took away was, wow, I think Garrett's going to be in the top 10 in every fantasy redraft. He better yeah. be. <laughs> you know what I was thinking, dude? I was When I was driving today, I was thinking to myself, like, and all, all Jet fans know this already, but to think how well he did. We've said it a million times, Jet fans, all of us, how well he did last year with the quarterbacks he had. It was just, it's my, it's like, it's like grading a test on a curve. He could do so much better if he had great quarterbacks. But it's like, if you had a car, Mike, and you did a test lap with your car, with stock wheels on at a stock engine, and then you're like, all right, well, now let's do the next lap with an F1 engine and the top-level tires. And you're like, oh, that's that's what's up. Like Now you're going to see what Garrett Wilson can really do. Uh, I, I, he was a rookie last year. You know, he, he would have – I don't know how much better he could have done. But I think with Aaron Rodgers, hey, man, you're going to see the full potential. You saw it in this game, like I mentioned, Mike, three for 30. First completion of the game to him. They had a, a down, uh, pass interference also. Touchdown pass. So I thought – um, Zach Wilson looked okay in this game. Now you finish with a good, and I'm going to get to in a second, all the PFF ratings is Zach Wilson actually finishes one of our highest ranked players on offense. Uh, when it comes to the PFF rating, I think it was around a 78, which is actually pretty good on um, this game. He looked decent. I thought Boyle looked pretty good. Nine for 11, two touchdowns for Boyle, Mike, and came back big time in the fourth quarter to get the W for us. Um, in the game though, I think the rushing attack now they didn't really, I mean, they had to, they had Zadavian Knight out there. They didn't really go for the rushing attack. They didn't really approach the rush game too much, Mike. Only 41 yards rushing. That's a cause of concern. But I thought Xavier Gibson played really well, Mike. We saw seven catches, 79 yards from him. Few catches from Brownlee, but he had a big two-point conversion at the end of the game. Kind of locked the game in there for us. More The guys that stood out more for me, Mike, in my notes here were the defensive players. Now, I know they gave up they gave up 320 yards on defense. Don't get me wrong. But five more sacks in the preseason here. Another sack for Bryce Huff, Mike. Someone who kind of, with all this talent we have, 
not Jet fans per se, but a lot of people don't really know Bryce Huff, right? But he's kind of lost in the mix. Another sack, three and a half sacks in the preseason. Like he's only played six quarters, I think. So I mean, look, you can't really, you can't play better than you. Know, with that, I bet you Bryce Huff and the, they drafted McDonald's, right? They got Jermaine Johnson. They have all these different players. They have Clemens. They have Lawson. He probably just put the work in the offseason, Mike, because he looks awesome. He looks he's kind of sometimes the Jet fans lost in the mix. Another sack for Jermaine Johnson, who also looks. Awesome. Now, I know the Giants have their backup line in, Mike, but this defensive line, you've been saying it for a while now, Mike, and we're watching it happen in front of us. Another sack for Johnson. Five sacks total. He looked great. Defense, I think, looked pretty good. We had the interception return for Eccles. Mike, our highest-rated player on defense this preseason, not Sauce Gardner at a 91. Brandon Eccles at a 91.6 has been the best player of anybody. He's suspended the first game. Um, but that's why when we were saying last week, we, you know, we know he's suspended, but this guy's going to make the team because he's, he, I'm not saying he's the best player, but he's just rated the highest so far in the preseason. He's been playing great. You'll see him, uh, I think week two, Mike and week three, um, some more notes to get who, let's see, I see, oh, you saw Carter, Michael Carter, the beginning of the game, Mike just set the tone because he crushed Lawrence Cager. Now I felt bad for Cager. He used to be a former Jed. He got smashed. Sauce had a good pass deflection. I thought defensively might the best player on the team in the game was probably Jermaine Johnson, but. Look, you saw more good from the defense here. I mean, they're two and two in the preseason. Uh, you saw a lot of good attacks there on, on the defensive line, especially a lot of good, a lot of good stunts. They got after the quarterback again, Mike. You can't ask for much more than that. And I'm just wondering how they're gonna get like how they're gonna get all these guys in the game in the regular season, because all the pieces they have at the edge. I'm not saying anybody is a guy we know is gonna get 15 sacks or 20. I'm not saying anything like that, Mike. But I think collectively, they are going to be a problem next year. Oh, and I'm yeah. just wondering how that breaks down when the season starts, Mike. Yeah, no, they're going to be a major problem. And that was another major takeaway from this preseason is just how aggressive and how diverse and how um, just absolutely di- the disruption that we see this defensive line uh, just wreak havoc on offenses, even though you yep. want to say their backups understood. Um, that's the reason why I feel so high about this team. And that's the reason why I feel very confident about going into week one against Buffalo. Um, I think we've already had offers uh, for JFM and I think Huff as well from the Raiders and other teams that have been trying to get poach them. But this is what Salah's vision has always been. And um, the team is built around his strategy, his philosophy. And I, I, probably go to say the only defensive line that may be better than ours may be um the eagles eagles yeah tremendous but uh, outside of them we're, we're a problem and it's because we have like you said we have so many players we have like people like michael clemens who are just like backups and that guy could start on half the teams in the league yeah. you know it, it's it's ferocious and um quinnen being the linchpin to everything because yeah. if this guy is wreaking havoc up the a gap, and then you got your 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 ends just just screaming off the sides, I don't yeah. know how you're going to deal with the New York Jets moving forward. So it's exciting, man. We 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 got something special going on. Yeah, we're gonna get to. We're, I have a little piece for you guys next week. Me and Mike are going to get into just kind of man, just going through these last this last decade to show just to kind of put in perspective for Jet fans how we got here. You know, and just to, to live in the moment and appreciate this year so much. And it really did start this team we have right now, this great roster and this great team that we're ready to maybe make a Super Bowl run, Mike, really started with 2019 with that pick of Quinn. And that was a McCagnan pick, don't get me wrong. But that draft pick, he's kind of the linchpin of that defense, like you said. 
and he was the pick that we we grabbed, and he turned out to be great. We re-signed him. Um, so much positivity around that, Mike. But I want to mention something with Huff, Mike. You know why team's trying to grip him? Preseason ranking on PFF for Bryce Huff, Mike, 85.9. And you know when you go PFF rankings, when you get above a 70, that's pretty elite. Above a 75, usually the best players. If you're in the 80s, that's ridiculous levels. It's a preseason. It is what it is. Uh, but also, Quentin Jefferson, Mike, came in at his 87, killed it in the preseason. Our boy, Quentin Jefferson. We know he's more of a get after the quarterback more than a run stuffer, so he was great. But our two highest-ranked players, like I said, on PFF, Eccles and Sauce, they both played really good. On offense, the highest-ranked player we had on offense, Mike, Aaron Rodgers. I know he only had eight passes, but hey, that feels good, right? Uh, Aaron yep. Rodgers, second-highest-ranked player. on the. Listen to this, Jet fans. To lower everything else around you. Listen to this. The second highest ranked player on offense on PFF this preseason, Makai Becton with an 80. All right, guys. So very interesting. Okay. And this is one of the criticisms we've had is just not so much his play on the field. Cause when he's played, you've said it, I've said it every Jeff has, he's played pretty good when he plays. He's just not out there, but he has fought through whatever issues he had with his knee six weeks ago. He's been out there every practice. He's built up his stamina. He's earned the trust of the coaches He's now the starting right tackle. And when you see your starting right tackle is messing around with an 80 rating there, that makes me feel pretty good. Uh, we'll see what happens to the left tackle, Mike, as the year goes on. But Makai was our third high, a second highest ranked guy. Third highest rank on PFF, Mike, Zach Wilson with a 78, which makes you feel good too. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Gary Wilson was third at a 78. Zach Wilson's fourth at a 77. So for some people that said they didn't see progress, they didn't see what they wanted to see, that's the highest ranking he's had in PFF over any span preseason or regular season in his entire life people so, don't understand how bad he's been like, like yeah, I mean, that's what it. Like, <laughs> things have to be put in context and mike even though our boy brownlee you see the last game two catches 25 he hasn't in the game before that he played uh, versus the bucks he, he had he did pretty good but mike 77 rating on pff for brownlee i mean that's the that's a right behind gary wilson so i know you can take pff ratings for what you want it is a decent barometer just at least might get the players doing the right things. Yeah. Because that's, that's, that's the type of rating, guys, that that'll go down if the player runs the wrong route, isn't where they're supposed to be. You know, it's those they, – they take into uh, into account a lot of things that have to do with the players. At, things that are not in their control, it's not in that ranking. Yeah. So when you see a 77 for that, that's pretty good. I mean, you give some confidence, Mike. And last week, Mike, you and I spoke about the 53-man roster. We're going to chat about that real quick in the practice squad, guys, and then we'll get out of here. We had some surprises here. I think a few of them, Mike, when we go through the 53-man, I think Gibson and Brownlee both made the squad. Yep. Now, I thought that would happen, but it might be a long shot, but they actually both did make the squad. At linebacker, Mike, um, hold on one second. Here we go. At linebacker, you had Zaire Barnes and um, Chaz Surratt both make the squad. We, we weren't sure. Now, we thought Barnes would make it. We were kind of iffy, maybe, maybe not. They both made the squad. I, you said Chaz Surratt. I said Barnes, and they both made the team. So yeah, man. I think where they cut some of, the, I think where they cut some of the fat was that corner. The way that it shook out was pretty interesting, Mike. With the fifty-three, was there any surprises to you when it comes to offense, defense, overall with the team? Well, again, the, the initial fifty-three that wasn't really emblematic of what the final fifty-three was going to end up being because there were some roster gymnastics. You know, they cut Bodden, they cut Morstead. Obviously, they knew they were going to be bringing them back, but you know, because when you put people on the fifty-three, then you could throw them on IR, like Kenny Yaboa. Um, I thought Kenny Yaboa making the squadron uh, was a little bit. I was a little bit surprised about Me that. Too. 
Um, I was, um, I thought everything ended up the way I expected it to. One other one to mention, Irving Charles making the squad. Yeah. That was a surprise too. Considering they kept two rookie receivers and him. That's a curveball. That was Corey Davis helped him out big time, I think. Absolutely. But, uh, I, you know, we'll see. I mean, I think the, 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 the running backs fell the way we thought they would. You know, I thought the the offensive line, defensive line structure was going to be exactly right. And then, you know, um, Tony Adams being a starter, you know, we were we were talking about that early on. So I think we did pretty well um, as far as, you know, predicting the 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 roster and where it ended up. Um, Our team had no we didn't have any waiver claims. Okay, not one waiver claim. And our team was the second highest poached team of any team coming off waivers. So think about oh, that. Wow. We, our team, there was nobody off waivers that we wanted to grip. Right. So we were like, yo, we're good with our people. And then yeah. our people, we let go. Mad people were just, sc- yeah, they got grabbed so just think about that when it comes to talent. I mean, the jets are never usually that usually we got mad waivers in, you know what I'm saying? Trying to bolster yeah. up that practice squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But we, we, we've got a pretty good thing going on now. Yeah, I mean, that's a good sign. People actually want the players we have for once. Some of them are just passing by. And the feeling that, you know, our roster is good enough that we didn't even need to grab anyone from anywhere else. But I'll tell you, a few guys that did make it through, Mike, and I think that I think we touched on it, man. There wasn't too many surprises in comparison. Oh, tr- uh, Trey Dean not making it. I think that maybe was, for me and you, maybe a big surprise. We yeah, oh, yeah. That, yeah. I will say he did sneak through um, waivers, and he is on the practice squad. Yep. So we have Dean on the practice squad. We have Boyle on the practice squad right now. And we got Zach Koontz on the practice squad, which seemed like he was a – we've been saying it. You know, he seemed like a – he's a seventh-round pick. So he seems like a guy that's kind of cut out for the practice squad for this year, get some fundamentals down. He can practice with the Jets now the whole season. And maybe next year we have just some monster just ready to go. Tight ends, one of those positions – even Mike, even the tight ends that get drafted the first round, the second round, they don't, they don't come into the NFL anymore. And Pitts did good as a rookie. Aside from him, there hasn't been a rookie that's coming in a long time and just torn the NFL up. I don't know why the tight end position has become that type of position, but it is the truth. Um, and also, Tenzel Smart, who's a Hard Knocks favorite. Oh, yeah. Um, funniest guys on Hard Knocks. Carcucci board in the whole nine. You saw his wife screaming in the crowd last episode. He hurt his arm. He played through her like a beast. I'm um, happy that – I'm actually surprised. If he's someone that – because he had to clear waivers to get on practice squad too. I'm surprised he's not on another team. He seems like a, good, a valuable guy. When he has played, he's always played pretty well. Uh, Tan's also one. I like him a lot, but yeah, I mean, that's the practice squad right there. I think everything's kind of set now for the season. Yes, now, they sir. Just, now they just made it out. Now we're just waiting it out, Mike. Can, you know, next amazed, is- like, can you think about like where we've come and, and, and where we are now, you know, I mean, what we're, we're, this is the most anticipated. I mean, I've never felt this way. Maybe the 98 year, uh, 99 year, excuse me. Yeah. Um, when we were coming off 98 AFC championship, yeah, uh, but I've never felt this before. This is totally different. No. I mean, they no, got Tony is- Soprano freaking intros with Salah. I mean, it's wildness right now. Wildness. Uh, I mean, we're nationally spoke of at all times on every platform. Yeah. Anyone just throw YouTube on the show, you know, uh, uh, the herd, anything. It's Jets, 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 Jets. It's a whole new, and I am sucking all of it up, but isn't it incredible from? all the way back from Rex to now, how, how crazy the journey has been. 
It is, man. And that's what we're going to, I mean, next week we're going to get a little bit deeper into that, Mike, uh, the journey and how everything we've gone through the past decade, Mike, because there's a lot of garbage we've dealt with. And then there's also a lot of moves that have been made the last three or four years that have put us in the place that we're in right now, Mike. But I, I would agree with one thing that you said, Mike, is 98, we're, I'm 42. All right. Me and Mike, me and Mike are right around the same age. In our life, you know, I went through all the times that's made the playoffs, Mike, and we'll detail it more next week. When I was a little kid, they made it 85, they made it 86, they made it 91 with Boomer. Um, and lost to the Oilers. Then we had the Parcells era started 98. And up till Rex left, well, up till 2010 when we went again, we made the playoffs seven times in 13 years. Yeah. And then we've had this most recent era, you know, the past 12 years where we've had nothing. And it's been tough. And if you're a Jet fan over 20 or over 30 or over 40, you dealt with a lot of, of losses and tough seasons and butt fumbles and embarrassment and seeing ghosts and all this garbage we've dealt with over and over again. And it does build up and it can turn you into a negative fan with a mm-hmm. negative viewpoint. And we all know those Jet fans that are out there and they have every right to be that way. I'm not even hating. Yeah. Because you build up enough hatred. Your team hurts you enough times. It lets you down enough times. That's where you end up in life with sports or people, relationships, whatever the case may be. But I'm urging all Jet fans right now, this year, this season, this next two years, but every single game, every single week, every single practice, every quarter, every play. Just take it in, right? Just live in the moment this year. Because I'm 42. If you're 20 years old listening to this, I've been waiting my whole life for this. Yeah. And that so and that's, every- the, that's the part that gets me, Keith. You know, listening to WFAN, this caller called in about what his most hyped season was. And he's a Yankee fan. And he said the, tw- the, ni- the 2017 or 2018 Yankees. He said we had young judge judge just got off his rookie year and we had all the young talent and we were coming in and that's the most hyped I was. And, and the host was like, how old are you? And it just brought perspective to me because I'm not even a Yankee fan, but I'm like, that's what you were most hyped. Like you but were like, hyped you know back in 99. Yeah. But, but also, yo, we're like depending on, Depending on whatever age is, he is, that might actually be the like, you know, that to him, that's the truth. Yeah. He's just living, he's just living his truth. You know? He's just living his and truth. That, and that's my point. When <clears throat> there's jet fans that are 60 years old <clears throat> that have been dealing with this, you know, 20 years longer than me. Yeah. You know, 20 years longer than you that have been yeah. going through it for a long time. But we just got to appreciate this year, man, because we this has been a journey to get this team put together the way it is. And we don't know how it's gonna work out, of course, man. We're not being cocky or anything like that, but it does at least look like this is going to be an entertaining year. When you see passes like Aaron Rodgers through Garrett Wilson the other day, when you think of being seven and four last year, right, Mike, and then losing every single game the rest of the year, um, damn, that's not happening with Aaron Rodgers out there. We're not losing six games in a row when Aaron Rodgers there. We were seven and four. And I listen to me, Jeff fans, I'm not hating on Zach Wilson. People get so mad when I say this. But it's like when you point out, it's, if it's 70 degrees out, and I tell you, it's, I'm not making it up. It's not my fault. It's 70 degrees. He was the worst quarterback in the league last year, statistically. Okay, say whatever you want about his future, whatever. But that's what he was. We were 7-4 and four still. We beat the Bills. We went to Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, and we whooped them. That's with the worst quarterback in the league. Now we've had all these weapons. We have Aaron Rodgers here. It's just the vibe is great, so I just – I hope all Jet fans are already enjoying it, but just this is going to be a ride this year, man. And I can't wait, Mike. I can't wait to do next week's episode, get into some of the journey we've been on all of us, some of the hardships we've gone through, especially the last 12 years. And kind of just talk about all the pieces we put in place here to get to where we're at. And then I'll talk about that Bills game, Monday Night Football, baby. Me and Sammy will be in the house. 
Um, I've delayed myself moving to Nevada, which I'm doing October 4th by an entire month, <laughs> just so I could be at the first three games. Mike, you know this is true. You know the wife is the best. She said it's okay. I should be out there already. Wifey's been there for two months. Not your boy, though, because I'm not. That's how much this means to me. Just like most Jet fans, since I have the space and I have the ability to do it, I'm like, babe, do you mind? I'm keeping my season tickets. I can't, I'm not moving now. Excuse me, I'm not giving my tickets up now. Even if we move, I, I, I can't go. I can't bail now. I've been waiting forever. Now they have Aaron Rodgers, I'm just not going to go to the games. So I already got this all figured out, everybody. But I'll be there that first month. I'm like, I can't wait. Next week, Mike, we'll talk Bills. We'll talk a little bit about this journey the past 10 years, getting to this point um, with this great team. Mike, is there anything else you want to add before we get to uh, before we get out of here? No, man. I mean, hey, guys, we're on YouTube. Uh, please like and subscribe on Facebook at, a- at AABG.JetsRadio on Twitter at AABG underscore NYJ podcast and on Instagram at Jet.AABG. Uh, you heard the man on behalf of the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas. My name's Keith Farrell. Get action next week, everybody. Peace out.